Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Freaky Fridays, part of the Podmoth Network, the podcast where we talk about all kinds of scary, spooky, freaky shit. We're your hosts, Michelle and Melissa. And tonight, I am going to tell you about the ghostly hauntings of a Waverly Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. I started watching the Inventing Anna. Mm-hmm. Her accent annoys me so much. <laughs> I want to smack her in the face, but she's so good at it. The one with Julia Garner. Uh, uh-huh. The one from Ozark. Uh huh. I think it's. Yeah. I think her name is Julia Garner. I think that's what her name is. I don't know how people were friends with her. I would have been like, I can't be friends with you because of your accent alone. Yeah. It was. It's really annoying. It's not much different, the real chick. No, it's not. Like I said, she does a great job. Yeah. And I just watched the one where the older lady, the, that's the other guy's yeah. best friend. She When she invites Anna to go to Bergdorf's with her that morning, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, how cool would yeah. that be to like get a private room and they're just handing you champagne and they have like things pulled for you. And, and she just thought she like freaking deserved that whole treatment. It's like, you are nobody. You just think you're somebody. How are you not like all giddy? I'd be like, oh my God, look at what I'm done. I'm here. I'm at yeah. <laughs> And then you could just flat out be like, oh, put it on her tab. Uh-huh. You guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. We just started watching The Thing About Pam. And I think I listened to the podcast because her name is so familiar. What's it about? It's about this lady in the Midwest that basically like kills her friend. It's true crime, but this Hulu series... Mm-hmm. Seems very like almost comical. Hmm. It's weird. So it's another Blumhouse. Oh, the thing about Pam? Yes. Okay. So when you're done with the other Blumhouse, worst roommate ever. Yeah, I have to watch that. I fell asleep watching it because I was drinking Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. And I fell asleep, but I was like, I gotta I gotta rewatch because I I I was not focused on. Or another glass and I was out. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. I've heard that story before about the, the granny that kills, but never, never in the that. kind of detail that they go into. Dorothea. Dorothea. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of cool, though, too, that it was in Sacramento. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Well, we've been kind of on hiatus. Yes, we have. We we went on an unexpected hiatus. We have. I hope everybody missed us. Yes, we've been on a little hiatus. Some things have been going on. Yes, we went to Murphy's. We had some fun wine tasting. Went to a cemetery. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part about that cemetery walk with you and Gina was... <laughs> Wait, let's preface it with we were wine tasting all day. We were pretty drunk. We had just gotten done playing tennis, which we should not have been. Which... Missy almost broke her skull open, <laughs> but but she didn't. I did not drop my motherfucking wine glass. That's I, right. The wine spilled out. Not your fault. <laughs> Good time. You're like my years of softball. <laughs> yeah. So that walk through the cemetery, which I did record our voices. I, I think I only recorded for like ten minutes, and then I shut it off because your your ghost hunter app on your phone was starting to freak me out but it it got soon got dark after being in there yeah like real fast 
and the cemetery is literally parked up next to somebody's home. <laughs> and the house that we were staying in. <laughs> I don't know if the home literally next door was the like a caretaker's. Like, do they live there to watch? Oh. I don't know, but... I didn't think about that. As we were sort of turning down the gravel road to head out, fucking Cujo jumped at us through the <laughs> fence, pretty practically. And I felt like Fred Flintstone with his little feet, like... Gina and I grabbed onto you so fast. Like, protect us, please. I don't know what you guys thought I was going to do. But he, that dog growled like... Either he did not want us there or he knew something. I don't know, but it creeped me the fuck out. Yeah, he, he was obviously protecting uh, the land, his area. It wasn't, um, we were not welcome. <laughs> I mean, could it perhaps have been the Leatherface lookalike <laughs> that was down the road at his house with a fire billowing in his yard and revving <gasps> up his right. chainsaw and Very smiling, true. smiling at us as we walked by. And had a full, it was like just filled with porta potties. <laughs> no, 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 tanks. Tanks. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but he literally stood in his yard revving that chainsaw. I don't even know if revving is the right word for a chainsaw, but yeah. It was just making going, that motor go. Yes. And, and holding it above his head and smiling, like legit smiling at us as we walked by. And of course we were drunk. So we were like, hey, Leatherface. <laughs> and then we decided it was a good idea to roam the cemetery that was next door to his home. Like we were, we were actually that cliche of run into the cemetery instead of running into the moving <laughs> yeah. car. Like idiots. Good God. That's what wine will do to you, people. Yes, much wine. And then we did have the little break of playing tennis. So I think that was probably like, you know what? It would be a great idea right now. <laughs> Let's go roam the cemetery. I mean, the fact that I thought tennis was a great idea in that moment. No one should have let us go roam the cemetery. <laughs> no one should let us do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. We could have had um, some recording, but nah. Mm -mm. We decided to enjoy ourselves. I did record, like I said, about ten minutes of us talking. It's a little creepy to hear, you know. Oh, I bet your little your little app on your phone going off. If you want to explain what your app does, so I downloaded Ghost Radar. Ghost Radar. That's right. That's right. Ghost Radar makes more sense. Is a great ghost hunting tool that tells you where ghosts were. And us being in the cemetery, there was, ironically, a ton of ghosts. <laughs> uh, one which was named after your husband, right? Yeah. Well, so it, it detects ghosts and it it's a way for ghosts to communicate with you through this app. Mm -hmm. So they say ghosts communicate by electronics, right? So right. ideally, ghosts can, <laughs> can use this app to communicate. And we were getting some funky readings, mm -hmm. and one of them, one of the uh, things that it said was, Nick, my husband, your bro your brother, <laughs> your boyfriend. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's very backwoods, Michelle. Very backwoods. Hey, it fits the theme of Leatherface, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and how ironic that when Becky was strolling through by herself, that the first one she came upon, the first headstone, was someone she knew. <laughs> 
That's so random. Like that's cr- like maybe that's why the the ghost was going off so much. Maybe it was like bring her back. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know. It's kind of and that's why it said Nick. It's like I know all you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, speaking of ghosts. Oh, I'm excited. So all I said was your turn, and I have no idea what you're going to talk about. So my story tonight, it, it's a little long, so you got to hang in there, but it does preface a lot of things that lead to the ghost part. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of bear with the background of the story. But this is the disturbing true story of the Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Ooh. And this is in Waverly Hills. Not to be confused with Selena Gomez's Waverly Place on Nickelodeon or... <laughs> Disney, whatever it was on. <laughs> was that what I was thinking? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. This takes place in Louisville, Kentucky. Ooh, okay. It is a lofty, bat-winged, gothic building that has a reputation that fits its somewhat spooky appearance. It is a very beautiful, old-looking building. It's pretty big, but the shape of it is pretty cool. It, it's very old school. This sanitarium has actually been featured on ghost hunting shows like Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Lockdown. Oh, okay, I'm looking at pictures now. It's freaking huge. Mm-hmm. And I see it took me a minute to understand the whole bat winged thing, but I get it now, like looking at the whole thing. Yeah, it. it looks like if you look dead on, it looks like it has the the bat head on right in the dead middle and then the sides go out like big bat wings. Mm-hmm. So this sanitarium was established and it was best known before it had a ghostly reputation it was best known as the best hope of peace for people struggling with tuberculosis despite its name waverly hills was not a mental hospital it was a sanitarium which i never understood the difference a sanitarium is an institution that provides treatment and convalescence for chronic illnesses so it has it's not just about mental health it's any sort of chronic illness and that's why when there was this tuberculosis breakout they decided to open up the hospital the sanitarium for this i thought they were specifically for mental illnesses and other yep that's what i always thought uh even in the face of the noble intentions of the administrators waverly hills became the site of thousands of deaths in the face of a raging epidemic of a then incurable disease here are some of the horrible things that have led waverly hills reputation as a hotbed of unquiet spirits. The earliest days at Waverly Hills. It was a home with its own little schoolhouse. As Kentucky Historic Institution explains, the land was originally the family home of Major Thomas H. Hayes, who bought the land outside of Louisville, Kentucky, on which the sanitarium now stands, and he bought this back in 1883. There were no schools in the area, so he decided to build a one-room schoolhouse for his own children. The teacher he hired was named Lizzie Lee Harris. Uh, she was a big fan of the long series of novels novels by Sir Walter Scott, known as the Waverly Novels. And she asked Hayes if she could name the school the Waverly School. Yeah. He liked it enough that that's how he came to name the property Waverly Hill. Gotcha. By the early 20th century, tuberculosis was sweeping the United States and Louisville was particularly hard hit because of its growing industrial economy and location within the Ohio Valley, both of which contributed to lack of fresh airflow through the city. I never really thought about that. That is not something I would ever think that a city would have lack of airflow. You would just assume that it's outside. There's going to be airflow. Right. 
But it could yes. be such like stagnant air. Right. And then, yes, I mean, places get smoggy and this and that, but you always assume that airflow is just going to happen. Right. But not, not where they were. Weird. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so the Board of Tuberculosis Hospital was formed in 1906, and they needed to find an appropriate location to have basically a tuberculosis hospital. And Waverly Hill was thought to be the ideal spot due to its it was distant from the city, it was a quiet location, and its high altitude contributed to better air quality. Ah, okay. So the board. Why do named... I feel like this is the way we're going with COVID or something? Right, it probably is. Are they going to reopen this place? <laughs> the board, the board liked the name Waverly Hill, and they kept it. Though at some point, for some reason, which they don't explain, the second E in Waverly was dropped. Oh. They don't go on sure, to tell you why. why. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want. In the early 20th century, when tuberculosis was raging, there was no known cure, and the disease had been around since antiquity. The source of the so-called White Plague wasn't fully understood. Doctors at the new sanitarium at Waverly Hills had noticed that patients who were able to rest and had access to clean air and sunshine seemed to do better than others. So as a result, much of the treatment, the only treatment they could give them, was based on what medical field refers to as good vibes, <laughs> which stands which stands in fairly sharp contrast to the building's current reputation because, again, it's the hot spot for the unquiet dead. Mm-hmm. The location of the hospital itself was meant to contribute to the atmosphere of peace and rest, with Waverly being placed on a tall hill surrounded by charming little woods with lots of access to sun and fresh air. You know what this reminds me of? Sorry for the interruption. Mm-mm, Do you remember that fine. movie where everybody goes and they think it's like a spa resort and it's kind of like they talk about it as like a a mental retreat um getting your body back in shape and everything and of course at the end of the movie there's like one guy sucking the life out of everybody to keep alive but this is what this reminds me of like it's very um hey come here if you're sick we'll take care of you and And it's a resort and a spa and a school and, <laughs> and a school. And a school. You can learn. What movie was that? I don't know. Fuck, what movie is um and I, I actually really like this movie, except for the very end. I was like, cheese ball. A cure for wellness. Oh, I never never heard of that. Twenty seventeen? Huh. Yeah. Check it out. Interesting. Okay. I will do that. Okay, please carry on. So the original facility at Waverly included two large open air pavilions where the patients were placed to receive their prescribed fresh air and sunshine. I'm looking at <laughs> pictures right now. They like have beds just out in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was the only treatment they could give them. There was no med- there was nothing to right. give them. So basically, they gave them treatments that included diets rich in vitamin A and C and protein and lots of bed rest. That's about all they could right. do for them. Obviously, these treatments weren't going to cure the disease, but the goal was to reduce suffering and, most importantly, help stop the spread of the infection. Right. Where have we heard that mm-hmm. before? God, this is sounding so familiar. Did um, <sighs> did it say anything about any of the treatment, like actually helping, like people recovering from just having good vibes? No, just just that it kept them more. Wait, comfortable. so you're telling me that That's good all. vibes is not going to keep me alive? <laughs> well, no. fuck it. No. Uh, the original san- <laughs> the original sanitarium was a two-story frame building with a half timber design. There was an administration building and the open air pavilions for the patients to be ex- exposed to the air and the sun. 
the original building was meant to hold 40 to 50 patients at one time, roughly half male, half female. However, tuberculosis, tuberculosis, I have a fucking hard time with that word, reached epidemic. Just say TB. <laughs> TB, okay. Reached, uh, that's actually what my grandfather passed from. Oh. He was not in this facility, though, just so you know. The TB reached epidemic mm -hmm. proportions. Don't say that word. I'm having yeah. bad flashbacks now. By 1910, and Louisville was particularly hard hit due to its low-lying position, as we've heard, on the waters of the Ohio River, and Waverly was soon overwhelmed with 140 patients in a facility designed for only 40 people. Oh, wow. So because of that, construction soon began on a much larger, more permanent facility. So it didn't always look like this. Here we go. Here we go. Reconstructing things. Oh, because of no. Okay. Done. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say there were dead bodies. And they didn't move them. <laughs> uh, in 1924, construction began on a new building that would be four stories of brick and concrete spr sprawling across 180,000 square feet, wow. including separate rooms for patients rather than communal ones. There we go. Social distancing. Oh. Mm -hmm. Quarantining. Sunrooms, labs, and recreation rooms. This new hospital was designed to hold up to 400 patients. It turns out they would need the space. By the late 1930s, TB was the leading cause of death in Kentucky. Oh, wow. In fact, Kentucky led the nation in TB deaths due to lack of state funding, long-term treatment options, and more permanent facilities like Waverly. Some 2,000 people a year were dying of TB in Kentucky alone. Wow. 2,000 a year. While it might be nice to think about living in a community like Waverly Hills, where the philosophy of treatment is sunshine and good vibes, <laughs> it's important to remember that TB was an incurable, highly contagious disease that was spreading at epidemic proportions. If you went to Waverly, you were never coming back. Ooh. Period. That's no, no, not good. No. Uh -uh. The sanitarium subsequently became a self-contained community for not only their patients, but also the families of those committed to its care. Although, for some reason, a visitor's day was allowed in which visitors could come, hang out with people with infectious disease, and then go back to their lives. <laughs> Smart. Makes a lot of sense. Sort of we like didn't learn now. anything from 1900s. No, not at all. <laughs> The community at Waverly Hills became essentially its own city, complete with its own zip code and post office. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Sick city. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, like, because they say if you go there, you're not coming back if you're sick. Right. It's it's just, it's almost like hospice. Mm -hmm. Much of life's necessities were carried out with the community, including raising their own fruits and vegetables, raising, slaughtering, and butchering their own Good meat, Lord. and maintaining their own water treatment facility. Other amenities included laundry facilities and auto maintenance garage, which that I don't understand because if these people are that sick and they're going to die, where the fuck are they driving to? <laughs> I don't think they're driving. Maybe for workers? I don't okay, know. Okay, that makes more sense. Thank you. But I did not think of that. The, where are they going? I oh. mean, they might as well live on the property. Oh. Let me finish. It'll oh. answer our question, but I spoke too soon. Oh, the facilities had to support not only the patients of Waverly, but also the doctors, nurses, and other staff who worked at the sanitarium who had to separate from the rest of society due to the disease's infectious nature. So they had to stay there, yep. but it was okay for visitors' day? Yeah, it's kind of odd, right? It's a lot of things that don't make sense, kind of like COVID. We're um, idiots. 
So likewise, the uninfected children of patients had their own floor in the sanitarium where they had to live apart from the outside world. I know it's pretty sad. That's not good. Mm -mm. Well, it's nice again to imagine Waverly's philosophy of making things as pleasant as possible for their patients suffering, suffering from TB. The fact is there's a limit to how pleasant you can make it for someone who's constantly coughing up bloody mucus. So while it's true that the most common treatments were exposure to sunlight, bed rest, healthy food, and fresh air, several other methods were applied to patients, including surgical methods that were cutting edge for the time. But these things might sound barbaric now. I hate to, I really shudder to think of what it is. These things included, I'm holding my breath. These included (laughs) perhaps most famously artificial pneumothorax, which involved blowing air into the lung itself or the cavity between lungs in order to artificially collapse the diseased portion of the lung, allowing it to rest and theoretically allowing the lesions caused by the TB to heal. That doesn't sound safe at That sounds very barbaric. No, it doesn't. Patients who were unlikely to survive this procedure tried to maximize rest to their lungs by lying on the side most affected by lesions restricting the movement of the diseased lung naturally with posture and gravity that sort of sounds like proning covid proning laying on your stomach yeah for some time a commonplace surgery for the treatment of tb was thoracoplasty which involves the removal of multiple ribs with the intention of collapsing the lung Oof. doctors preferred to only remove two or three ribs at a time but most patients required as many as eight to be removed before the technique could even be effective, meaning they had to endure multiple painful surgeries. Oh my God. Wait, yeah. how many ribs do we have? I think don't we have like 20 something altogether or something like that. 12 pairs. So 24 ribs total. So people were having up to eight removed. Eight. Oh my Uh, It's impossible to say how many people died at Waverly Hills during its time as a TB hospital, but the fact is during its years of operation, TB was the leading cause of death in Kentucky and had no known cure, so patients at Waverly were dying at a pretty steady pace. While the legend claims that some 60,000 people died there, it's grossly exaggerated. Historians who say the actual number is more like 8,000 with a recorded 152 deaths in 1945, which was at the height of the epidemic. So I think their numbers are a little exaggerated. Either way, there was no shortage of dead bodies that had to be moved out of the sanitarium and patients who were still alive were seeing corpses being wheeled out on a regular basis. Lovely. That's not good vibes. No, and it was pretty counterproductive to their no bummer approach to medical treatment. Exactly. So as a result of that, and for the purposes of maintaining a high morale, Among the patient, doctors and staff would move bodies in secret. So the hospital housed a secret tunnel through which the administrators would wheel the bodies of those who had succumbed to the disease. This enclosed tunnel led from the hospital to train tracks at the bottom of a hill where the bodies could be lowered to the trains that would carry them away. Oh, I bet it didn't happen that nicely. This grim passage earned itself an equally grim nickname called the body shoot. Oh, lovely. Mm -hmm. Although Waverly Hills did their best to make life as comfortable as possible for their patients and their families, nothing was going to truly make things better until a cure for the disease was found. As luck would have it in 1943, a new antibiotic called streptomycin was an effective combatant against the infectious disease. However, this treatment wasn't made available to the patients at Waverly. 
Waverly until 1949. What? 1949. Why? That's like six years later. It says once it was, though, new patients could then be treated at a regular hospital as outpatients. So slowly but steadily, the population at Waverly was decreasing because they didn't need it as much. Right. They were probably like, oh, those people are going there and they're going to die anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's give it to the people that are newly sick. That's what I'm guessing. I mean, obviously, it's a good thing that people were able to go and get treated as outpatient. But... The number of that patients for the people in there. It does. The number of patients dropped from 373 in 1950 to 293 in 1960. Wow. In 1962, Waverly Hills closed as a TB hospital, and all its patients were transferred to a regular hospital, which is a good thing because then they could get treated. Yeah, it's good. But it also looks like in its heyday was a really beautiful place. It is beautiful. I mean, that whole property. Yeah, and they built it up to be this little town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The building subsequently sat empty for nearly a year before the facility was reopened in 1963 as Woodhaven Geriatric Center. Oh, okay. A live-in nursery facility for elderly patients with dementia, mobility issues, or severe mental disabilities. Mm -hmm. Woodhaven operated in the capacity until 1982 when it was closed by the state. A grand jury found multiple instances of patient abuse and signs Mm -hmm. of neglect at the facility itself. Woodhaven was closed and all of its patients were transferred to another care facility. So after Woodhaven Geriatric Center was closed for criminal abuse, the majority of the land and buildings were sold off to a developer who intended to use the main building as a minimum security state prison, which (laughs) I think that's the perfect place for it. Yeah, it looks like it now. However, um, yeah, a massive wave of protests from locals squashed that plan and the backup plan of turning the building into apartments also collapsed due to the lack of funds. Oh, in 1996, Waverly Hills was purchased by a nonprofit ecumenical group. Hmm. That's a new word for me. I don't know what it means. Ecumenical of relating to or representing the whole of a body of churches or promoting or tending toward worldwide Christian unity or cooperation. So it sounds uh, churchy. <laughs> uh, religious. Is that the right word? to build the most logical possible thing for the location, the world's tallest statue of Jesus. (laughs) The goal was to make a 150 foot tall statue on the roof of the sanitarium modeled after the famous statue of Christ, Reed Mayer in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, However, the cost of the statue was estimated to be $4 million, while the interior renovations turning the hospital into an art and worship center would have been between eight million eight to ten million dollars. Donations to the project only totaled three thousand. So giant TB Jesus was canceled. <laughs> so the building and its surroundings were ended up being sold in two thousand and one to its current, as of this writings, owners, Charles and Tina Mattingly, who established the Waverly Hills Historical Society to raise money for the restoration of the building's interior. Waverly Hills now primarily serves as a haunted attraction with ghost tours and annual haunted house events. The Ghosts of Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Oh, here we go. Let's be honest. It's no surprise that Waverly Hills Sanitarium is considered one of the most haunted places, not only in Kentucky, but in the whole United States. Despite its being founded on the principles of feeling good all the time, no matter what your lungs are doing, (laughs) it's still a big fucking spooky building Mm -hmm. where thousands of people died and were being wheeled through a fucking body chute. Just probably dumped in the, like a laundry chute onto some passing train. Yeah. 
So basically, if their surgery didn't work, they were dying and they were wheeled out and put in this body chute. Right. Various ghost hunters and spook chasers have reported encountering all sorts of creepy phenomena within the halls of the long abandoned hospital. You've got your old standards like unexplained footsteps and the slamming of doors, mm-hmm. weird noises, and so on. Obviously, as Waverly was a hospital, the sound of screaming patients is thought to oh, emanate God. from the long, empty rooms. No. Uh-uh. That, if I heard a screaming patient, I'd be out. Out. There's, I can't hear that shit. Mm-mm. No, that's it, not, disturbing. Not a, not a ghost screaming patient. Right. The hallways are said to be the scene of phantom shadows running around, and there are numerous reports of footsteps, voices, and other sounds within the hallway known as the body chute. Sightings of more specific apparitions, including a ghostly hearse seen dropping off coffins at the back of the building, a woman with bleeding wrists begging for help, and a man in a white coat seen wandering around a trashed kitchen full of broken windows and destroyed furniture accompanied by the scent of food. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's weird. As the legends go on, the most haunted location in the entire entirety of the Waverly Hills facility is the fifth floor. The legend is that the fifth floor was where the mentally disturbed patients were housed at Waverly. This floor, particularly room 502, is the center of much of the ghost stories surrounding Waverly and was the area of prime interest for ghost hunting teens breaking into the abandoned hospital for years. The stories say that it is on this floor that people have seen shapes moving in the windows, fuck no, (laughs) heard voices telling them to get out, uh, a double fuck no, and even, so they say, jumped to their own deaths. Oh. The stories say that a nurse was found in room 502 in 1928 having hanged herself from a light fixture. Apparently, she was in despair over finding out that she was pregnant out of wedlock. Could you imagine that back in the day? What these, I mean, this is a whole other book of worms, but women who got pregnant out of wedlock, (laughs) how being pregnant out of wedlock was such a big thing back then that it would cause you to want to kill yourself. Like, I just can't even imagine. That's like par for the course nowadays. Yeah. Another nurse who worked room 502 in 1932 is said to have thrown herself off the roof patio to the ground below, though some say she was pushed by a ghost, perhaps. By the other nurse ghost, who can really say? Some pregnant visitors have felt extremely uncomfortable in room 502, while others have felt supernaturally compelled to jump from the window, (gasps) even to the point of having to be talked down. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. As is frequently the case, reality comes into shit on the party. Legendary fifth floor of Waverly Hills was not at any point used to house or confine mentally ill patients. Its residents were just as free to move about the floor as patients on any other floor. In fact, the floor was designed to this exact purpose with two wards centered around the nurse's station that were glassed in all sides in order to maximize sunlight, according to Waverly's treatment philosophy. These glassed-in wards did, however, lead to rooftop patios such as the one the legends say the nurse jumped from and from which visitors allege they felt compelled to leap from. That's crazy. That's one of the things that freaks me out about going to these kind of places is that, like, mm. can something compel you to stand on the edge and, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that you're not going 
going to hurt yourself just by being somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, this part, which I feel like these things that are like saying that these stories aren't true, there's no proof. Well, I don't think back then they kept records of things. And I know back then they did anything they could to cover up things as well. Right. This says there are no records of any nurses' suicides during years at Waverly Hills. Especially because it sounds like they were off. But they were in their own little world. Yeah. You're just going to, somebody's going to jump off the roof and you're going to sweep that under the rug. I'm pretty sure. Outside of the fifth floor, there's a number of other commonly reported apparitions around the grounds of Waverly Hills Sanitarium. The story of one famous enough to have a name, Timmy the Ghost, of a young boy who wanders the halls. According to the stories, Timmy moves around the hospital, either playing with his own leather ball or seeking something else to play with. Some guests have reported bringing balls of their own for Timmy, only to subsequently see those same balls floating down the hall, carried by an invisible hand. Other common sightings include an older woman with chains around her wrists, often believed to have been a resident when the building was a geriatric center, uh, which I would buy if they were abusing them. I'd, I'd buy it that they were being shackled up, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. This ghost howls for help, only to run away screaming when someone approaches her. Another apparition is known as the creeper due to its creeping, crawling movements up and around the walls, ceilings, uh-uh. and floor. No, that's <laughs> my worst nightmare. It's said that proximity to the creeper brings with it an overwhelming feeling of dread. While there's no explanation for who or what the creeper might be, some think he might have been a mistreated patient whose contorted appearance reflects the trauma they experienced in life. Ooh. God, so needless to say, that's a whole lot of darkness for a place that was founded on the principle of fighting disease with motherfucking sunshine. Good vibes only. <laughs> so this just goes on to say a hospital stay is never a welcome thing. Ill, injured, or weakened people feel that they're most vulnerable when they're laid up in the hospital bed. I hate hospitals. However, throughout history, some hospital stays have been worse than others. Certain groups of people, particularly the poor and mentally ill, have been kept in sanitariums or asylums against their will and were subjected to traumatic and inhumane treatments at the hands of those in charge for their care and well-being. Perhaps that's why hospitals are known to be some of the most haunted buildings. Have reports of paranormal sightings, ghosts, and really spirits, and vengeful patients have plagued many famous hospitals from, from Civil War ghosts and mental asylum inmates. Many people believe some hospitals have admitted patients that have never actually left. To this day, they remain in the same building they spent their lives wandering the halls, seeking the health and peace they were unable to find while alive. It's interesting, though. You look at these black and white pictures of the sanitarium in its heyday when everybody's trying to to be happy with their good vibes. And it's nice. I mean, it's plain, but it's it's nice and then you look at like it's dilapidated state now and yeah it's the stuff of nightmares basically i wouldn't go in here yeah maybe during the day i'd check out like a little bit but hard pass at night yeah i agree and this story goes on longer and it talks about like the former one room schoolhouse and how these people went through traumatic surgeries and the death tunnels and just i mean all there's a lot of interesting stuff about this place but i could see why it'd be one of the most haunted facilities in the united states for sure and i'm looking at some of these experimental surgeries and things that they're doing it does look a little like the doctors going i don't know let's see what this does Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. can never be (laughs) a good sign no and knowing that nobody really like got out of there alive it's 
That's so sad. It's really just, that's probably where most of our science came from. Like, tried this, didn't work. Yeah. Signed, Waverly Hills. But <laughs> I keep wanting to say, wait, Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes. But I do believe, whether there's actual reports or not, I do believe that people have seen ghost sightings and heard things. Oh, because for sure. I can only imagine how traumatic of a death TB would be on its own, let alone having a failed barbaric surgery that they tried doing and just how sort of demented that death would be and how painful and 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 just i don't know just feels so sad like i don't doubt that there are people haunting that place who never got to leave i mean they literally were taken somewhere and, and never got to go home and died there and it just it just feels so i don't know it just feels so very sad, sad. and I mean, it is nice that they had their family was able to come and visit them, but at the same time, they took it back and they were spreading it around. Well, and it makes you wonder too, like not only like these rumors about, you know, nurses, like that nurse that killed herself because she was having a baby out of wedlock, like, but what about like doctors and nurses who finally realize like, we're never getting out of here. Mm-hmm. Like these patients are dying. There's no cure. We can't go home to our own lives because we are housing these patients here. Yeah. How many of them just like, I hate to say it, but just like during COVID, there were so many suicides because people just couldn't bear it. Right. They couldn't bear it. The thought of it. We're living in a century that has modern medicine and doctors and hospitals right. and things that can help. These people had jack shit, but fucking good vibes and sunshine. That's all they had. And it didn't even help that much. So it makes you wonder, like, how many more people actually maybe did commit suicide there? Yeah. How how could you be in a good mood seeing that kind of like, like, if you're a patient, you're probably mostly concerned about yourself. But as a nurse or doctor, you're just seeing all these people all day long, slowly dying in front of you, coughing up lungs. And how are you supposed to go back to your room and be like, everything's fine? Yeah. And I can only imagine TB itself has got to be horrific and painful. Right. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how many of those patients probably took their own life if they were able to? That's why I don't like watching, like, when American Horror Story did the asylum. Mm -hmm. um, See, and I think that's what I kept thinking asylum and sanitarium were the same things. I don't like watching the asylum stuff because of the way that people were mistreated. And it was real back then. The way they tried to quote unquote, cure people or treat them back then was so disturbing. It's hard for me to watch stuff like that. Yeah, it was all like they were animals and they were just practicing random shit on them and seeing yeah. what works. I a thousand percent believe that people who were di- who died there, whether they were mistreated or died naturally from this disease, I a thousand percent believe they have come back to haunt that place. Oh yeah. We're so traumatized they can't leave. Yeah. Their souls never got to go and I mean they you know what I mean? And it's just ugh. Yeah. I don't think that's a place I'd ever want to check out. No, and I'm I'm not quite sure that making it into a jail or a university or anything like that is probably, I think it needs to be demolished. <laughs> I, I was just going to say it needs to be demolished. I, at one point I think I thought like the prison was a good idea. Like put, put those, you know, put those bad yeah. fuckers in there and let them get tortured by ghosts and shit. But I think it just needs to be taken down and those spirits that are there just need to be able to rest. These pictures I'm seeing, they got a lot of work ahead of them. I don't know it's what they're going to turn into. Though. Isn't it just so yeah, pretty? Yeah, especially it looks very like New Englandy. This one mm-hmm. picture that I'm looking at, like all the green and brown trees around, and yeah, it looks great. And then 
And then you go inside and you're like, ooh. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit more than a coat of paint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely, I think, needs to come down. And I don't know. I just, there's a lot of these stories that we do. And I'm like, oh, let's go check it out. That would be fun. But this is one where just even talking about it just makes me feel like it just, I don't know. It does something. It makes me feel like disturbed and sad. Any of the sanitarium asylum, anything to do with where people were like tortured, I don't want to go. No. That's no. just too much for me to, to think about Yeah, going in there. So, ladies and gents, that is the Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Ooh, that was a good one. I do want to look up some YouTubes, though, and see some people. Uh, I'll live vicariously yeah. through the YouTube, as I do. But this is one that I have. I don't think I've heard of this place. I hadn't. I just, I read that story and I was like, oh, this, this is the one. This is disturbing. Yeah, that was great. I liked that mess. <laughs> Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Crazy, sad, Crazy. tuberculosis, epidemic, pandemic. We're all going to end up at Waverly. Yeah. No, thank you. So thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your story, Miss. You're welcome. I love talking about creepy fucking shit uh-huh. 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 definitely <laughs> google the uh waverly sanitarium that is quite a sight not wizards of waverly place <laughs> no, not selena gomez but waverly hill sanitarium is what you need to be looking at it is a gorgeous gorgeous building very pretty if you don't know the history behind it I think I have uh, what I'm going to tell you next week. Awesome. Can't wait. Where are you taking me on our state tour? Pack your bags. We're going to Kansas. 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 A Mayan. (laughs) (laughs) Home of Wizard of Oz. Can't wait. Yes, we will be uh, checking out some haunts in Kansas. Well, I can't wait to go to Kansas. I'll put on my ruby red slippers. Yep, and you will be wishing there's no place like home. Oh, you like that? You like how I was? So good, so good, (laughs) so exciting, so exciting. Uh, Next week we also gear for St. Patty's Day. That's right. But it made me think we should look up just for fun. We should look up, and then when we meet next week to talk. If we can find any, like, leprechaun stories. Oh. Or. Or. I can hold off Kansas. Okay. And we can review the ultimate scary movie. And I'm saying that in quotes. (laughs) Leprechaun. Leprechaun. We should do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. I think we should. Yeah. I can't wait to take notes on this. Oh my god, I haven't seen that movie in so long, but we saw it so many times. When we watch movies and talk about it, it's totally different than when you just like watch a movie. Oh goodness. Well, now I'm excited. That'll be fun. Yeah, join us next week for a St. Patrick's special. Sleep tight. Make sure you leave the lights on. Go to FreakyFridaysPodcast.com and subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Join us next week for a new freaky tale.